you were with us uh, at the beginning of 2018, you'll remember we started uh, with this season of prayer and fasting that we called Fast Forward. We took 30 days, and uh, you know, a lot of us fasted from different things. You know, some, some of us fasted from food or uh, from social media or from streaming Netflix or for whatever it was. You know, there was this idea of, hey, for a season, we're going to let go of some things so that we can more intentionally take hold of all that God has for us. And if you remember in that 30-day season on, our, on the Sundays that we were together, they felt a little bit different. We spent a lot of time praying with one another, and we prayed for each other. We prayed for our church. We prayed for our city. We prayed for our nation. We prayed for the nations, for the world at large. We spent a lot of time together just praying and chasing after God's will for us. And this is because, you know, as a church family, uh, we long to be a family whose identity and direction and confidence is deeply rooted in who God is and what God wants for us, not what we want for ourselves. And so we kind of spent the first part of our year orienting our hearts around seeking God first and seeking after what He wants for us. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a little bit of that today. And I was reminded of this beautiful picture. Uh, that the prophet Jeremiah paints. In, in Jeremiah chapter 17, he, using his words, he paints this picture of what it looks like to be a person who finds your identity and your confidence in the Lord. Look in verse 7 of Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah writes says, he says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. No, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. I love this picture of this tree. What Jeremiah is saying is, hey, I want you to understand what it's like to be a person who puts their confidence in God first. He said, it's like a tree that regardless of the growing conditions, it always has green leaves and it always bears its fruit. You don't know if you've ever planted a tree. You know, we recently had Earth Day, uh, April 22nd, and, you know, people are like, hey, go plant a tree on Earth Day. And I'm not sure if you've ever done that, but over the last four years, I've planted about six trees in my backyard, and three of them are dead. One of them, I think, is dying, and two of them are apple trees that haven't had any apples on their branches yet. So it's like planting a tree is not always as simple as digging a hole and just sticking something in the ground. Well, Jeremiah is saying, hey, there's all kinds of conditions that come together to help a tree be healthy, to have green leaves, and to bear fruit. You know, there are things that work against a tree. There's, there's heat, there's lack of rain, there's drought. And what Jeremiah says, though, he says, hey, listen, I want to show you what it's like when you put your confidence in God. You are like a tree that does not depend on the conditions around it because it is planted by a stream of living water where its roots can reach out and find its strength and find its health. You see, to be someone who puts their confidence in God, it means that we rest in Him. When our confidence is in God, our circumstances no longer dictate the type of fruit that we find in our lives. You know, I think all of us long to have lives that are marked by peace. We all want that, right? All of us long to have lives that are full of love, full of joy, full of friendship and community. Yeah. We all long for lives that are marked by generosity and hospitality. And what Jeremiah is saying, listen, it's not the external circumstances that dictate the type of fruit that's in your lives. No, instead, it's about your dependence and your confidence and your trust in God Almighty. I love this picture. You know, in the last few weeks, we've talked a lot about our mission as a church. And we say it every week, right? I mean, we say our mission. Our mission is to, to love God love people, and awaken a movement. In the last couple of weeks, we've, we've looked a lot at this aspect of our mission that is awakening a movement. 
And it's this idea that, hey, we want to see what God is doing in us grow wide. We want to see, see the Lord begin to impact other cities, other states, other nations for the sake of Jesus' glory. And so we talk about awakening a movement, and we celebrated a church being launched in Seattle last week. And we've given of our resources to help awaken the church planning movement that God is doing here at Ethos. But one of the things that we understand is that if we want width in the kingdom, we've got to understand that it has to start with depth here at home. We can't just be a people of width unless we want to be people of depth. And what we long to see at Ethos is not just a church that tries to spread its branches wide. No, we long to be a church that is filled with trees that are driving their roots deeply into the stream of living water that is God's Holy Spirit living within us. We long to be a church that goes deep. You know, this time of year is kind of an interesting time for Ethos. It's a bit of a transition in the month of May. I know that it doesn't even feel like spring has fully arrived yet, and yet we find ourselves kind of looking at the horizon. It's summer coming upon us. And in May, we see a lot of change in the rhythms of our church family. So a lot of our college students that are with us every Sunday throughout the school year are graduating or, or they're finishing their school year and they're going home for the summer or they've got jobs elsewhere. And we begin to feel their absence in our time together on Sunday. We love our college students and we miss them when they're gone with us on Sunday. You know, there's also this transition, uh, our house church rhythm changes. A lot of you have been in house churches all year, and that's been a key part of your weekly rhythm of finding community, and yet we have intentionally built this space into our year so that the leaders that lead house churches have a space to rest, have a place to Sabbath in the middle of the year, and so for a lot of us, we've had this rhythm of weekly house church, and that's coming to a close or winding down or taking a break for the summer, and so our rhythms start to feel a little bit different. Many of us will be traveling over the summer, and so Sunday to Sunday, we'll have familiar faces that we're used to seeing that will be gone, that will be traveling to visit family or to go on vacation. And so summer just feels different around Ethos. So one of the things that we try to do uh, during the summer as a church family is to make this an opportunity to help our roots grow deeper. We want to go deeper as a church family this summer. And there's a variety of things that we're going to be doing to help you drive your roots deeper into God's purposes, into God's will, so that your confidence can be found in Him. But one of the things that we realize is we can fill our lives with as many spiritual activities as we want to. But if our confidence is not in God's ability to bear fruit in our life, then it will feel very fruitless. Have you ever been so spiritually busy but felt like there's very little fruit on your tree? You filled your lives with activity but felt like your leaves don't look that green? So this morning, before we launch into a flurry of activity over the summer to try to help us grow deeper, we want to take some time to ask the Lord to be the one driving our depth. We want to submit our ideas and the activities that we have for the summer completely to God and ask Him to be the one to bear fruit. You know, in prayer, in the place of prayer, we recognize that our fruitfulness is not found in our efforts or in our abilities but we understand that our fruitfulness is found in God alone. And so today we're gonna to spend some time praying with one another, praying with the people sitting around you for these different things that are coming up. I'll introduce some of the things that are gonna happen this summer and then I'm gonna give you a chance to pray as a church family for God's will to be done through those activities. And let me just say this, if you're visiting with us or if you're new here, this may, you know, this may feel weird because we're praying for things that God's doing in our church family, but man, we're so glad you're here. And we hope this gives you a glimpse of who we are as a church family, that we really believe in the work of God through us just getting on our knees and praying. That some of the most powerful things of God come when we realize we can't do it on our own, but we have to come to God first. 
And if, if you're, you know, if this idea of praying with the people around you, if it makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. We're growing in this as a church family. So what I want to encourage you to do is get together with people around you as I invite you to do that. And, and if you don't know them, hey, just introduce yourself. If you're uncomfortable praying out loud, that's okay. Nobody is going to force you to pray. But I encourage you to listen as others pray. That's one of the ways that we learn to pray with one another is just by listening as others do it around us. And so I'm going to share, tell you about these three things that are coming up, and then I'll give you some specific instructions on how to pray, okay? Uh, so the first thing that we're going to do this summer to try to help grow deeper in who we are in God is, is kind of a combination of our, of our sermon series that we're getting ready to jump into, as well as grow classes. Now, I'll say something about the summer, the summer uh, sermon series. Uh, starting next week, we are going to spend every week of the summer in the book of 1 Peter. And over the next several months, we're going to slowly walk through that book. You know, we believe that being rooted in God's word is one of the things that begins to bear fruit in our lives. In fact, a lot of people think that Jeremiah, when he wrote this passage, Jeremiah 17, he had in mind Psalm 1. Psalm 1 was written uh, years and years before Jeremiah by a guy named David. And what, what David says was, hey, listen, I want to tell you about the person who's, who's planted by the stream of living water. They are the person who takes delight in God's word, in God's law, and meditate on it day and night. And so we want to be a church that delights in the word of God. And so we want to spend an entire summer just walking through a book of the Bible to drive our roots deeper into understanding who God is and what his will for our church is. The other thing we want to do is grow classes. You know, grow classes are this space in the year where house churches have slowed down and we have some time in the middle of our week. And we have people within our church that step up to lead kind of topic-based classes. Some are one week long, some are six weeks long. It just depends on what you sign up for. But there is an amazing array of growth classes that are going to be launching this year. And next week, you'll have opportunity to sign up for some of these growth classes. If you want to see some of the topics that are available, you can go to grow.ethoschurch.org and see some of the things that are going to be available to you. We have an amazing kind of lineup of teachers and topics, everything from classes on financial stewardship, classes on sharing your faith, classes on developing intimacy with God. We have some classes that are just focused on a particular book of the Bible to go deeper into that book. We have classes on uh, sexual purity and freedom from, from sexual addiction and uh, managing conflict strategies. I mean, there is a wide variety of grow classes that are going to be available this summer. But today, what we want to do is take time to ask God to be the one that is bringing the fruit. And so I have a slide we're going to put up on the screen here, and it has some really simple and basic instructions. And so what I want you to do is get with two to four people sitting around you. If you don't know them, just introduce yourself, tell them your name, and then spend some time talking with God about our sermon series and our grow classes. Ask him to prepare our hearts in our minds, ask him to guide those who are teaching and ask him to grow us in depth and maturity through this process. We'll turn some music on. I know that kind of puts people at ease when there's some little music playing in the background. So we'll turn the music on. I encourage you to turn and pray with the people sitting around you. I know a lot of you are still praying. If you want to keep praying, that's fine. I want to kind of just introduce you to the next kind of area that we want to, want to pray for. Uh, you know, one of the things that's so clear when you read the Word is, is God's heart for the poor. You know, God, you don't have to read very far in the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, doesn't matter where you go. Over and over again, you find this picture that God has a heart for the, for the outsider, for, for those who live in poverty, for those who have been marginalized, that God just cares for them. In fact, Jesus has this radical statement in Matthew chapter 26 where he says, hey, anytime that you've fed the hungry or you've clothed the naked or you've visited those in prison, anytime you've served those that society would consider to be the least, 
than you've done that for me. It's like this idea of serving the poor so close to the heart of Jesus. You know, at Ethos, we have a benevolence team that's made up of uh, a few of us on staff and some uh, just family members here at our church. And uh, one of the things that we do is try to walk with those who are experiencing poverty. And one of the things we've realized is that this is a task that should not just rest on five or six people in our church family. And we've gone, how in the world can we open the door for our whole church family to learn how to walk creatively with the compassion and the love of Jesus for those that experience poverty in our city? And so I'm really excited about one of the things that's coming up this summer. It'll be on on June 10th. We're going to have this seminar that we're calling Reimagining Charity. And the whole idea is to help us to learn to walk with the heart of Jesus. We want to inform and empower and inspire to church to think about homelessness and poverty through the eyes of Jesus with greater love, with greater empathy, with greater compassion, but also with more wisdom and with wise boundaries. So we're gonna have a seminar on the 10th and that'll be followed by a six week video series that we want as many of you as are able to be a part of. And so one of the things that we're gonna do this morning is just ask God, God, will you be the one shaping us? Will you be the one leading us through the seminar and through other ways? Will you help us be a church that cares for the poor the way that you do? So we have a slide that's gonna come up. It's gonna have some instructions for you on how you can be praying uh, for this seminar. The seminar is called Reimagining Charity. And so here's what we're asking you to do. Will you take some time right out to ask God to align our hearts with his heart in the ways that we care for those who are in poverty and ask him to give us wisdom and compassion as we seek to serve our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness or extreme poverty right now. So go ahead and turn back with people you're with. Let's spend some time praying that our church, our heart would look like God's heart. I'm gonna share one more thing with you. You know, at the 9 a.m., a guy came up to me afterwards and he said, man, right before I was getting ready to pray, every time you cut me off. He's like, I, was always, I never got to pray because you cut me off. So all of you who are about to have your turn to pray, I apologize. You can go first on this one. Make sure you pray first. Uh, the third thing we want to pray for, um, and, and as I share this one, it may feel, um, may feel irrelevant to some of you and you may hear it and go, how does that connect with me and my heart? And so I, I want to set it up well so that you understand how this impacts all of us. I wonder how many of us have, have wrestled with or struggled with our relationship uh, to technology, to our phones, to our tablets. I wonder how many of us have tried to unplug at different times and felt the pull back to social media, felt the, felt the pull uh, back to being on our phones or seeing how many uh, likes we got on Instagram or if anybody's looked at the things that we've posted, how many of us have felt that tug and felt that pull? And it's like this real thing that in our culture, in, our, in the time that we live in, it is something that all of us wrestle with. Now, if this is something that we as adults have to wrestle with, that we have to set wise boundaries and, and work hard at man, maintaining uh, you know, wisdom in that area of our life, can you imagine being a two-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old or six-year-old who from the day you were born, you've been surrounded by screens that beg for your attention, that, that, that there seems to be this unlimited access to the digital world through a phone or through a tablet that is left laying on a counter or left on a kitchen table or that, that is put in front of you from the earliest of ages. You see, the reality is the kids that are growing up right now are a generation that the world has never seen before. You know, never before has there been a generation from the day they were born that, that they've had access to unlimited digital content. You know, those of you who may be freshmen in college right now, even when you were born, the iPhone had not even been invented yet. 
It wasn't invented until maybe you were five or six, and it really wasn't even ubiquitous in our culture until maybe a few years after that. But the children that are born right now, the children we prayed for this morning, from the moment they open their eyes, they are being exposed to people that are begging for their attention. Now I want you to imagine being a parent who's trying to help a child navigate that a parent who wants their kid to love Jesus and follow Jesus and realize that there are competing voices everywhere that child looks. And so I'm really grateful because our kids' pastoral team, so Brooke and Carly that were up here earlier, they have put together a seminar for parents. And it's just a seminar called Protecting Kids Online, Parenting in the Digital Age. And it is being run by a group called Parents Who Fight. And the name of that is Parents Who Fight for Their Kids in today's age. And so the seminar will help parents figure out, hey, how do you, how do you use wisdom in, in understanding how your kids are exposed to digital content? How do you limit it? How do you set up appropriate structures so that they can engage it in meaningful ways and yet not be owned by it in their lives? And so I want us as a church to pray for these parents, to pray for our children, but also pray for one another because this is something that every single one of us have to wrestle with. And so you'll see the slide up on the screen that has some instructions for our final prayer time this morning. Ask God to guide and equip the parents at Ethos as they navigate raising kids in today's culture, but also spend some time praying for our kids. Pray for our Ethos kids team, for our Ethos students team, and pray that God would be raising up a generation of kids that is fully dedicated to Jesus. So let's spend the last few minutes just praying uh, for this seminar that's coming up. To wrap up our, our prayer time and kind of transition into a, just a time of continued worship, uh, we're going to go to the table and we're going to take communion. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You know, every week we take the bread, we take the cup, and there's this reminder of, of our need for the presence of Jesus. That if we want to be a church that goes deep, that finds our confidence in God, we've got to understand that it is the presence of Jesus in our midst that fuels us, that drives us, that bears fruit in our lives. So I want to encourage you um, in a minute after I pray, go get the bread, go get the cup, get back together with the people you've been praying for and just pray for one another that Jesus would have full access into our lives, that we will be a church family made up of people whose confidence, whose hope, whose trust lies completely in the presence of Jesus in our lives to bear fruit. If you need prayer during that time, if you have something going on in your life you wanna be prayed for, man, just come see us. We'll have men and women at the Respond Banner. We'd love to pray for you, encourage you in any way that we can this morning. Let's pray with one another. Father, as we continue our time together and over communion, would you remind us as we take the bread and the cup, would you remind us the bread that, that you came in bodily form in Jesus, that you relate to us completely, you understand what it's like to be human. And as we take the cup, help us remember that you spilled your blood, that we could be forgiven, that we could have full access to your throne room. We have full access to you, God. And I pray, Lord, that as we commune with one another over the bread and the cup, that you would be right here in our midst. You'd be at work in our hearts. Lord, would you prepare us for all that you have for us this summer as a church? And Lord, would you plant us deeply beside the stream of water that is your spirit? And when you fill us up, as we continue our time of prayer and worship this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.